good day slash night, everyone. It is I, Jumpy, and I am joined by the ever-present and always watching. Rip. We are here reviewing something a little, a little more, <laughs> a little more serious, a little less happy-go-lucky than our usual horror content. <laughs> We're reviewing episode two of season one of Junji Ito Collection, an anime that wants to keep you awake at night, <laughs> um, and relies on terrifying illustrations oh, that just drill into your brain and that's it's basically what i'm feeling right now i feel terrified yes i've we have never read anything involving junji ito we know he's created many horror mangas and we, we haven't seen or read any of them but i could see i could see why he has a good reputation after this one yeah yeah I definitely enjoyed this one overall <laughs> way more than the first one because the characters were a little more likable. You can root for them. You can connect to them a little bit, even though it's probably smarter not to because, you know, nothing good's going to happen to them. <laughs> Do not connect with these characters. At least they didn't annoy me. <laughs> so we had a two-parter episode and a true two-parter, not, you know, 90% one episode and then, you know, a brief 40 seconds of a second one. We had two full episodes here. Yep. And they were both good. And they were both good in really different ways. So that's exciting. I guess we could talk about that. Yeah. We're going to start with one called Fashion Model. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And if you don't know, the Fashion Model is Miss Fuchi and... Let me tell you, if I mispronounce her name, I'm sorry, and please don't come after me, because this lady, uh, yeah. They won't need to. <laughs> Miss Fuji will come after me. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, this this lady was the epitome of creepy, and the illustration of this from the anime was terrifying. Every time, every every moment of screen time they gave Miss uh, Miss Fuji, I just wanted to look away. It was so you just like instinctively yeah. look at the sides of the screen or something. Like you just don't want to see it. Every even when she's trying to be normal, everything is just uncomfortable. Even worse when she's trying to be normal because you're not, yeah. you're not. Yeah. So and but, I, mm. it's scary too because I don't know her origin. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know why she's like this. I don't even know if she's like a, a person or a demon. I don't know what it is. And that's what's scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we Yeah, she could have been just a normal human that something bad happened and she's not aware of what happened. You know? Anything can happen in this show because it's just a bunch of horrific nonsense sometimes. It's just like, oh, you got a, a doll virus today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> roll with it. And you're like, oh, you turn into a doll. No, no, not that. That's how it starts. And then after that, you turn into like, what, tentacle? <laughs> what the fuck with that? Mm -hmm. uh, Just like disgusting body horror stuff. Yeah. 
but Miss Fuchi was the antagonist. So who was the main character of this? Well, we're introduced to Iwasaki, a scriptwriter, and he immediately tells us that he's he has strong premonitions. He's able to know something something bad's gonna happen, and for some reason, today, when the episode starts, he's just he can't shake the feeling that something really, really bad's gonna happen, and he doesn't understand. So he tries to smoke some cigarettes to get it off, but and look through a couple uh, fashion magazines. Well, no, he was looking through a fashion magazine and as he was browsing through he sees her Miss Fuchi but we're not introduced to her yet we just see a picture of her this tall slender woman wearing beautiful clothes beautiful hair face like a shovel (laughs) an old lady shovel she's just she does not belong in the fashion magazine. Not because she doesn't fit the standards of beauty or whatever stupid thing that people say. She literally looks like the antagonist in a horror film. That's just what she is. Her face is as big as a shovel. She looks like a giant wearing human skin. And her face is super gaunt. She looks very terrifying. She doesn't have eyebrows. There's a lot of things wrong with the image. It's like her hair doesn't start like it starts way back. So it's like she has this like bald thing. Um I'm She looking, has I'm no lip. Right I don't know. I don't like it. Her eyes are like open as the, to the fullest extent that they <laughs> could be and their pupils are just staring into your soul yeah, trying see. to like read it. She has like shadow over the eyes. Like she hasn't slept in centuries but on top of that there's earrings she's wearing a nice pretty pink dress her nails are adequate length but you don't trust it you just don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) see the reds of her eyes oh yeah and we just get Iwasaki just keeps getting close-ups of this her eyes all the red lines in the eyes just connecting to her sharp piercing blue pupils it's I'm looking at a picture right now and she's looking at me. You know what I mean? It's not it's not cool. <laughs> but much like later tonight, Iwasaki's you know, haunted by her in her dreams. In his dreams. Like he's having nightmares of her face. Yes. And he can't sleep. Oh yeah. And every, it's gonna be me later. <laughs> every Every waking moment, he's haunted by this this image. He can't shake it off. Um, and so he can he talks to his friend about it, and his friend, it's like, hey, you need to take it off your mind. This doesn't make sense. Iwasaki doesn't even want to find the magazine he got it from. The friend's name, which we were trying to figure out earlier, is Oda. Oda, nice. Yeah, Oda is wearing a trucker hat just like uh you know the 2000s version of ashton kutcher from punked <laughs> yeah that's right we're still gonna do those references that nobody understands anymore so he's talking to him about it and his oda is just trying to play it off he's like 
hey man, get your head in the game, okay? It's just probably was an unflattering photo of her. It's not a big deal. And Iwasaki's just like, no man, it's burned into my brain. She was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. She's literally a monster. I hate this lady. <laughs> and Oda's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Shut up about your mental health. Tell me about the script. It's revealed that these are like filmmakers. They're like film students, I guess. Yeah. In college, very clearly in college. And this comes up later. I'm going to make it clear that these people <laughs> okay. are in college. Okay, so they're in college making a film. Um, and Oda's just like, I don't care about your mental health. Tell me how the script's going. And Iwasaki's like, it's not going anywhere right now. I can't really focus. I can't sleep at night because I saw the hobgoblin in real life. Like, I'm, I'm terrified. Um. um yeah, and Oda's just like, come on, dude, shut up, stop being yeah, if dumb. You, this if is you fine. work on the script, and you might shake the feeling away from your mind. And as hard as that was, Iwazaki eventually finishes his script, and we're greeted with his narration of the memory started fading away, and it started going to the back of his mind. So he was at ease. And guess what? Him... Oda and their two other friends who worked on this film film project they won the grand prize they did it yeah. Iwasaki's f- filming uh script was badass Oda's directing and filming was top notch uh Miyaki's lights lighting <laughs> I got them yeah. the grand prize and they're excited they they did it they they can achieve something with this so Oda has a bright idea. It's like, hey, guys, let's get serious. Let's keep going with the momentum, which is a normally a good thing, a, a good advice. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling with the momentum, and let's do an open casting this time. And then they're like, wait, why can't we just find some girls in the school? And he's like, I need somebody. I'm looking for a certain look for our heroine. You know, she needs to be magnificent. Um, and I can't find any of that in this school. So let's do open casting. He also thinks that, you know, because they won this big award, they're big hotshots. They have a huge reputation. Mm. Everyone's going to be submitting things to their next project because they want to be involved. Because of how cool they are for winning this college award. <laughs> um, we cut to them in a classroom reviewing the submissions that they received. And they'd only received three oh. model, you know, actress slash model um, resumes, headshots. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're called. Auditions. Yeah, they're, they're headshots and resumes. First mm-hmm. one, we don't even see, right? They just pass it up. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, too plain. I imagine it's something even uglier than the <laughs> model that we saw before. It's just something horrific. <laughs> It's like that guy from the first one. It's just his face. <laughs> What's so, the guy from the first one's name? Suichi. Suichi. It's Suichi's face. <laughs> it's still the wig. Um, He's still chewing nails. <laughs> second one, though, immediately caught their eye. Perfect. Tamai Mori. She is the perfect person for this. That's everything Oda has been envisioning. She's cute. She 
she embodies somebody that can be a heroine, somebody you can root for. That's what they're looking for. So they decided that's it. That's all. That's it. They don't need to see the third one. The second one is perfect. But. Just for the hell of it. Let's look at the third one. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Wonder who it's going to be. And Iwasaki immediately, immediately, his premonition starts going off again. And I want to say this. I thought Tamae was going to be Miss Fuji. I really did. I thought she was good. It was like they took her picture in the fashion magazine and um, she looks like that. But to Iwasaki, he only sees her that way because that's how strong his premonition of this, whatever this is. I thought it was going to be that, too. I thought it was just in his head. She He sees the truth and everyone else sees some cute person. Yeah. No. <laughs> the third picture is of Miss Fuji and she is tall and ready to give you all nightmares. He's tall, long, and handsome. And <laughs> Yusaki is just like, no, <laughs> no, no. That is the woman. And everybody like looks at the picture and, and their eyes widen and they're like, oh yeah, we see it too. This is real. Um, and they all agree. Like, this is, this is the, how is she in the fashion magazine? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> One of them was like, but why would a fashion model submit to some <laughs> dumb student film? Like, because she looks like this and she doesn't have a lot of work. Like, <laughs> so obviously she would submit. So Oda's really sus right now because he's like, hey, let's hire her. <laughs> I, he's possessed right now. Jumbi, I love you. But if you're like, yo, let's put Miss Fuji on this podcast. I'm like, oh, I, I love you, bro. No. No, I'm sorry you said that because here she is now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody, like she has a really sweet voice. Yeah. That's the only thing that was like Hi. different. She's just, How are hey, you? everybody. I'm Welcome going to, to eat my you. Can you can you picture her streaming on Twitch? <laughs> she has. Oh my god, Rip! She has an OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my god! Which is, <laughs> I can't even make the joke. That'd be, that would be disgusting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but she would and people would be like you know you know there'll be people subscribing to her and you know people will be like yo i'm gonna meet her up tonight it's like yo that chick is gonna eat you and like i know and i'm happy to be a part of this just getting this is this is, a, this is some very japanese things going on right now <laughs> that i'm just too north american to understand Ah uh, yes North America. Mm-hmm. We stand united, but separate by borders. Mm-hmm. Iceland is part of North America, right? Sure. Yeah. One day. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be part of Canada. Aren't we all? We were all just part of one big nation once. Right? Angie, bring it back. <laughs> um, I think the plate tectonics have a different idea. Nah, I'm a citizen of the world. <laughs> so, uh, I, you never watched *In Living Color*, right? Nah, I mean I know it's good, but I haven't watched all of it. Oh, I've right. seen some bits. So Jamie Foxx dresses up as a woman, in a sketch, and it always starts out the same. 
there's two guys out and they're with a third girl and it it's like oh my friend's coming and um you know she's perfect for you you know and then <laughs> and then the guy's like oh i'm excited to meet her and then in walks in Jamie Fox wearing like the same pink dress that Fuji's <laughs> wearing, with like a blonde <laughs> curly wig, and puffing out his lips like, like I can't even. I wish I could show the listeners out there, but it's the weirdest thing. And every time they they see Jamie Fox in this outfit, they all freak out and um <laughs> they they do the craziest shit um. <laughs> And one one dude score squared up with her like you we're gonna fight, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like a chick, and I don't know. I just I think of Miss Fuji and immediately thought of like like that scene. Gotta say I, I wasn't gonna make the Jamie Fox to Miss Fuji connection, <laughs> but I'm glad you did it. Somebody somebody had to, I guess. I'm surprised Jamie Fox was on that. Like I don't even know how old he is. <laughs> Like, he, you could tell me he's 35 or 60, and I'll believe you. He's he's looking good, man. No, yeah, he hasn't aged but since I feel like forever. A lot of those people on, in Living Color were, like, in their early 20s when they started. And that was, like, I think Sean, Sean Wayans was, like, 18 or something, 17. Jim Carrey was on that show, no? Yeah, that's, um, he always credit that for his career because he um he tried out for SNL and he didn't so he went over to in living color and honestly that's that's where I remember Jim Carrey from from in living mm. color I remember him as liar liar and <laughs> Ace Ventura pet detective mainly liar liar because I really like that movie not the mask no the mask was great that's true as well but when you think of the mask, you think of Cameron Diaz. That's true. You know who you don't think Jimmy, of? Who? Miss Fucci. That's right. Back to Miss Fucci. <laughs> you definitely don't. And these guys. Just kidding. Segwaying back to Jamie Foxx. He's 54, guys. He's 54 years old. I looked it up. I hope That's this right. mic can pick up these clubs. Because that was. Yeah, it, it won't. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Jamie Foxx in a dress. Miss We're looking Fuji. at a photo, right? Miss mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuji, um, they're, they're, Oda has a brilliant idea of hiring her, and Iwasaki was about to slap him in the face, which I wouldn't have <laughs> blamed him. <laughs> I would have walked away. I'd have been like, "No, you're in cahoots or something." Yes, you're wrong. Yeah. I ain't doing it. And then the idea was, look, it'll be a good juxtaposition of Tamai. And um, she's a fashion model, so we're going to get some recognition. They can film one hell of a horror movie if they cast her. And that's exactly what Iwasaki says. He's like, what, are we filming a horror movie? And And everyone laughs, and then the director slowly nods. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. So um, they decide to meet them. Right, mm-hmm. Iwasaki and Oda, they're out. They meet Tamae. She's a model. Um, she's gonna play the lead. And 
Yeah, she seems right for the part. I don't know. He does. And Oda's really impressed with her. He's like, oh, man, is I can't believe she's so cute. She's super cute. Uh, I want to talk to her later. And then Iwasaki was like, hey, she just introduced herself as a first-year high school student, which means ninth grade for everybody at home. So stop being a creep, Oda. <laughs> Somebody needs to show you some manners. And in comes Miss Fuji. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. And she is taller in person. Freaking slender woman over here. And yeah. Iwasaki just locks eyes with her immediately and sees the red veins go to her the piercing blue pupils. And he's just not having it. And she sits down and they interview both of them. And Oda's like, yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it. The both of you. Oh, Oda started sweating for a minute when she showed up. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating. Oda's like, hey, Iwazaki over here, he's a big fan. Iwazaki's like, I'm a what? You take those words out your mouth right now. He did not play along with the joke. <laughs> and Fuchi didn't seem insulted. She seemed to get some enjoyment out of it because she gave a little tiny crooked smile on her big gigantic shovel face we cut to them walking down the street after the interview and stuff and Iwasaki's just like what the hell are you trying to pull here like <laughs> why'd you do that to me she's a literal monster and you're making me nervous and like have to be in front of her possibly insulting her I don't want to be on her bad books all right I don't want to do this and Oda's just like it's not a big deal all right. She's not that bad. All right. The only issue I'm having is that she's too tall and she might not fit in the frame. Okay. <laughs> she seems like a weird kind of lady. I've never seen someone like her. So I do kind of want to film her. So you're going to have to get over this fear of yours. All right. She's going to be an asset and we're going to be rich. All right. Did we, did we mention how uh, Oda goes to Miss Fuji and is like, oh, uh, Iwasaki's your biggest fan. And then she, oh yeah, we did. She just cracked a small little smile. Yeah, a little crooked smile. Yeah. Um, Oda also says a line here. Um, she's he's like she could turn out to be a real asset in front of the camera. And then he says, with that much screen presence, she might just eat our little star up. <laughs> Foreshadowing. That's what Oda said. Something about Oda. I feel like he was inceptioned to helping this lady out. Inception. I think he's part of it. I think he he knows, dude. It's it's so weird, because where do they decide to film this? They decide to film this in a remote woods, yep, out in the middle of nowhere where no one could find them. Where everybody protested except Oda, because it was his idea weird before they go on the trip Iwasaki has another premonition and he says I have a bad feeling about this of course you don't need premonition for that shit <laughs> let me tell you mm -mm. <laughs> and Jumbi and I sat there and I was like is this going to be one of those things where you can't judge a book by its cover because maybe Tamai is the one that's the evil one and uh, 
I don't know. You can you can judge this book by its cover. <laughs> All right, this lady looks like if she was a book, she would she would be the dark hole from Doctor Strange. <laughs> Just pure evil. She, they're all in this uh, car together, and I forgot what was said, but Iwasaki's having a real issue with this whole thing. He's he's he feels uncomfortable, like some somebody's just like. Like a sniper has the red dot on him constantly. He didn't say this, but I <laughs> there's nothing else I can compare it to. He just feels like he's suffocating. And Oda's like, don't worry, we're about to get some fresh air real soon. Which also makes me think that he's in cahoots with this woman. So They also chose to sit her in the middle of the car, by the way. Like this big van. Typically you'd give the tallest person the front seat or something. Yes. They put her in the middle so that everyone's surrounding her. And it was just the weirdest place to put her. And she looks so menacing. And she's so out of place. Everybody's mm-hmm. just normally drawn and you get this woman. She's she's like stuck in the middle. So like if you try to check the rear view mirror, you just see her piercing yes. blue eyes. Yes. Staring at you. So the worst place to be. One of the passengers, um, you know, one of the crew members who wears glasses i'm just gonna call him glasses because i know his name that for sure yeah okay um i think it was him or maybe the other other one who has no name they were like a remote location in the middle of the forest where no one can hear a scream this really is gonna be a horror movie and everyone chuckles a laugh with like and laughs a little bit like nervous and all that (laughs) and then fuchi her eyes extend a little bit and then she gets in on the joke and she giggles and she's like, <laughs> and she starts laughing. And as she starts laughing, everyone else stops laughing completely and just stares at her. And she opens her mouth to laugh. And it's filled with what seems like two rows of sharp fangs. You don't, you don't need that unless evolution says you need it for tearing flesh apart. You definitely don't see that set of teeth. And then the next sentence they say is like, I'm vegan. You know, like that doesn't happen. (laughs) They weren't designed for that. Um, Something weird's happening here. Oh, yeah. And everybody's about it. You think they'd stop the car and and get her out, right? And then just leave. No, like I'll give her the keys. Like, dude, I'm walking. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Take my car. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that. I would want to get away as fast as possible. And that's and that's the worst part of it, right? Iwasaki is correct, and no one believes him. He should believe himself. Like, there's no way I'm getting in that van. <laughs> I'm just the script writer. Like, I'll give you the script, <laughs> and then I'll go home. Like, no, I'll take it in my own car. <laughs> you need you need a rewrite? Text it to me and I'll text I'll text you back. <laughs> Give me an email. Yeah, dude. Yeah, my dude. own car. That's another great solution. <laughs> Anything. Yeah, you know with those friends, like, oh yeah, take Miss Fuchi. You have more room. <laughs> Fuck that. As they exit the car, Oda and Tommy. Is the other girl right, Tommy? 
Tamai. Tamai? Yeah. Oda and Tamai walk off ahead, followed by Miss Fuji. And then the three other crew members, including Wasaki, are sit- standing there like, yo, was that even a human being? Her <laughs> mouth was full of fangs. And how are you having this discussion and not running away? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me. And Oda doesn't even look like he noticed, probably because he was driving, but still. Yeah. Um, something's up with Oda. Like, it, it never really gets revealed to us, but he is under some kind of spell. Yeah. Or he's part of it. He knows what's going on. Yeah, could be. So. Uh, they walk to like the location, right? Yeah. And the director's saying how beautiful it is. And Tommy's agreeing. And then they just get like pushed aside by Miss Fuji, who walks right between them. And Miss Fuji's just like, I love remote places like this. <laughs> She also never blinks. I want that to be in your brain. Yes. She doesn't have eyelids. That that is a fact. Probably why her eyes are so red. <laughs> They're so dry. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just won't blink. She doesn't have the ability. If she does blink, it's sideways. It's like I never blink when my prey's around or some shit. Mm-hmm. So, as they're filming this scene. You know, director's Oda is giving notes to Tamae. Everybody's going around. One of the friends just whispers to Iwasaki, and he's like, yo, she hasn't taken her eyes off you. <laughs> and then he looks, and it's just those wide eyes just staring at him with a little grin. And then he's just like, why the fuck did you say that to me? <laughs> just, <laughs> super pissed off. <laughs> just, how fucking... Because- like it's his fault, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this really grosses Iwasaki out. He look when he looks over to Miss Fuji, she's sitting there, staring at him, obviously. But the weird, I think the thing that's most off-putting is yes, she's horribly ugly, and weird, and out of proportion, and probably a monster. But she doesn't move. It's like a dead body staring at you. You know, like that's unnerving. <laughs> she never moves. And when she does, it's like a dead body just started moving. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So he feels nauseous after his friend's comment. So he wants to go wash his face in the woods. And then he hears tree branches breaking. And he turns around. And in the distance is Miss Fuji staring at him. And it could have been innocent, right? It could have been just like, oh, we're alone. You said you're, I'm your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's see what's up. Down. And he fucking runs for his life. And she lifts up her dress to like, so it doesn't get ruined as she's running for after him. Like they're playing a little game. And this guy, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> it's just like, fuck this. Why am I here? What's going on? He manages to hide behind a tree and fools her, and she runs right past him, and then he finds his way back to the crew. And he's panting, out of breath, and the crew's like, what's going on? What's wrong with you, buddy? And he's like, look, guys, this is some shit, right? I need to get out of here. We all need to leave. Pack your shit up. Get in the car. Odup, don't even speak right now. (laughs) We need to leave. All right? This lady's chasing me. She's a freak. I need to get out of here. 
just owed a listen. No, he he feels bad. He doesn't want to leave her there. What what's gonna happen? And what abandon this fashion model in the middle of nowhere, this remote location? She's gonna come after us. We're gonna get a bad reputation. We don't need this. Let's they, they there's a compromise. No, there's no compromise. <laughs> Not now. It's we gotta do this. Um and and the worst part is that they're worried that she's just gonna follow them and be angry. So at some point Fuchi you know, she's back and she's noticing that um and I think it's in a scene where yeah, filming a scene. with Tamaya and I- Iwasaki and they're getting close and Miss Fuji looks upset by this. She may be a monster, but she has feelings, real feelings. And another thing that's bothering her is they've only been filming Tamae. What's what's up with that? She's not. She. She's a fashion model, and you're wasting her time. When she approaches Oda, she puts on this like indignant face, and she's like, "Excuse me, sir," <laughs> and she barely moves her lips as she talks, and she's just like, "You've been filming her scenes for quite a while." What about my scenes? <laughs> when am I going to be in front of the camera? And Oda's just like, oh, you're going to be in the most pivotal scene ever. We were just saving it for last because it's, you know, the best for last and all that. Don't worry about it. And Oda's just like sweating. <laughs> He's somehow terrified of her, but not acknowledging the fact that she's a monster and they should leave. Yeah. And she's just like, well, good, because I'm an eager beaver and I really want to start filming. So Oda's like, let's just take a break, right? And they go off by themselves, and it was, it's the the three of them. It's three of them. Miyaki, Tamae, and Miss Fuchi are, are in one area, while um, Iwasaki, Oda, and the other guy are discussing what oh, needs yeah. to be done. Yeah. And they're just like, look, let's just film all of Miss Fuchi's scene and move on. Okay, just one go, and we can finish all the rest of the movie later let's just do all this stuff now and that was the compromise and they all agree but Miyaki runs in and he's like guys I just out of breath. he's out of breath he's running he, he's not saying as calmly as I am but he's like guys I just saw Miss Fuchi eat Tamai <laughs> and they're like yo stop messing around and he was like, he's like, I fucking told you guys. I fucking told you. I knew this shit was going to happen. I believe the fuck out of this dude right now. And, and Miyaki's like, no, I will show you. He goes to the spot and it's just empty. It's barren. There's nothing there. And everybody's like, dude, see, there's nothing here. Stop joking around. But Iwasaki is a detective because he knew something something like this was going to happen. So he starts checking everywhere and he's like, Dude, right there, blood. And they're like, blood? Oh, shit. So then, where's Miss Fuchi? And then out from the shadows behind a fallen tree, a Miss Fuchi stands tall with her teeth out and blood all over her face. And then she's like, I'm the lead actress now. This is literally a nightmare (laughs) where... 
I don't know if you ever had that on your I think I have before where it's just like there's something wrong. There's someone who's clearly evil, but like no one's really doing anything about it and they're kind of just there. Yeah. And, and then it all culminates with the end of the dream where they jump scare you and then you wake up. <laughs> and but for these guys, they don't have the opportunity to wake up because they're running nope. for their lives and Miss Fuchi's like right on them. And she catches Miyaki and bites his neck and starts sucking on his blood and eating him. Disgusting. Iwasaki trips. He fucking trips on a tree stump. And he's like, guys, guys, wait for me. Come back and help me. I'm sorry. Old words from someone who just (laughs) left their friend behind. (laughs) I'm sorry, Iwasaki. I loved you, man. I love you. I wish you the best, but no one, no one's coming back for you. <laughs> no risk risking three lives when there's just one. <laughs> um, His friends only had to outrun him. Yes. And Oda's like, you know, I think, I think we could still finish this film as he's running away because <laughs> he just refuses to sense danger anywhere. <laughs> and Miss Fuchi, holding Miyaki's corpse looks at Iwasaki Iwasaki, and she's just like finally we can be alone and then we get the ending of this episode with Iwasaki's narration from the beginning of the episode was I have a bad feeling about something really bad's gonna happen (laughs) the end good good story good story yeah very haunting uh the imagery was most of why it was scary the story was frustrating <laughs> in a good way you know like i'm I'm annoyed that no one's taking like no one's taking all the hints that she's giving out that she's going to just kill them all <laughs> um before we move on to the next story i need you to click that google link i should i sent you Oh, jeez. It's going to be her face. I don't even want to see it. Good Lord, it's her. Because it's <laughs> Jamie Foxx in a dress. <laughs> yes, it's Jamie Foxx in a dress. There is Funko Pops for Miss Fuji, though. I saw that. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Funko Pops? That's like the last thing I am I want ever. I'm going to get you that rip for like Christmas or something. You get me that, I'll get you two. I'll get you oh, one geez. of Miss Fuji and one of Suichi. <laughs> we'll both receive one that neither of us bought for each other (laughs) that's what's gonna happen it's gonna have like we'll we'll never believe each other two two jumby from rip to rip from jumby and we're just gonna like oh that asshole (laughs) (laughs) from miss fuji she's like i'm watching you Mm -hmm. she's as tall as our christmas trees (laughs) slender woman Uh, and then we get our second episode. Mm-hmm. Second short this story. Episode, this short story in this part two for episode two is called Long Dream, which I also enjoyed. Yes. Now, so as... Two stories back to back that I enjoyed, so that's pretty good. Miss Fuchi, or rather fashion model, was a lot of visual scares, maybe even a jump scare or two. Long dream goes in the opposite direction, and that was a great, like side by side, because long dream is more of a 
it, the longer this story sits with you, the scarier it gets. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This, this man, <laughs> long dream is something like it makes you face things that you don't want to face. You know what I'm saying? Probably not because it's just making me face my issues. So it starts off with this lady. Her name's Mami. For some reason. I guess it's a Japanese name, but to me it sounds like mother. But whatever. Mami. So, Mami's in the hospital. And she is on her belly in the hospital bed. And she's just crying and freaking out. She's just like, I'll be dead soon. I'm dying. There's nothing that can be done. And I'm going to completely cease to exist. Which is exactly the things that keeps me up at night. (laughs) And I have to deal with it, but I don't want to. So she's like freaking out about death and being her eventual demise as we all go through one day. But for her, it's happening like in a week or something because she has a very vague disease that is being treated, but doesn't seem to be treatable. Like they're just making her comfortable. Yeah. They're trying to fight it, but it doesn't seem like it's working. So as she's crying and, you know, having an existential crisis, she is greeted by someone at, a do- at the door. Someone enters and she is terrified. She gasps and she just starts freaking out. She screams her alert and yells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cut to the title sequence, The Long Dream, mm-hmm. and The Doctors the next day. It's bright and sunny outside. Mommy's still alive, even after that scary experience. And she's crying in the bed, and she's just like, no, doctors, you don't understand. I'm going to die. And doctors are like, you have to have some hope, all right, if you're going to beat this, because if if you don't have hope, you're not really going to be able to fight this off. It's like a psychosomatic thing. If you don't believe you're going to get better, then your immune system won't fight as hard, and then you'll just die. And she's like, no, I know I'm going to die because I saw the grim reaper himself (laughs) all right i saw him and they're like no man that was a patient it was not the grim reaper all right i don't know why you keep saying that it's very rude it's just some weirdo and she's like no human being looks the way that that guy looked all right that is the grim reaper (laughs) and then i was just thinking like everybody in this universe sees somebody that doesn't look like a human being and nobody acknowledges it and only one person ever does and nobody believes him so dr kuroda he's oh, having he a yeah he's having a conversation with another doctor and pretty much giving him up to speed he's like okay what's wrong with her condition and it's pretty much everything jumpy said she has a uh i wouldn't even say irrational fear of death because death is fucking scary um, but yep. she's constantly afraid of death, constantly. Um, so more so than the average person, it yeah. seems, according to these doctors. And, uh, and then the other doctor inquires about the the Grim Reaper. She's she's talking about. It's like, oh yeah, that's another patient of mine, Tetsuro Makoda. And we cut to. The past of how Dr. Mm-hmm. Kuroda met uh, Tetsuro. Mystery patient. 
so we look at this normal looking man with like he looks like he's been sleep deprived even probably like stopped eating <laughs> he just um but he's having these weird dreams and his dreams feel real and they're lasting for a substantial amount of time but he wakes up like he only slept for eight hours so uh each each night it's getting worse and worse and worse he um he he thought he had like an entire day so you ever had those dreams like when i was in high school and my mom woke me up for school i would wake up go into the bathroom brush my teeth get ready and then i would be furiously woken up by my mom she's like what I told you to get in the bathroom like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck just happened? I just, I woke up and I brushed my teeth. <laughs> like, that, this is this dude's life right now. I had the same experience. <laughs> I did all the steps in the morning routine. I went to school. I was assigned like an essay topic. And I was trying to think of a good essay. And I was like now narrowing down what I was going to do. And I like wrote it all in my head. And I was about to write it down. And then I woke up. <laughs> and I had to do it all over again. It was, it was horrible. It's scary and and infuriating. But mm-hmm. this dude, he's been, the last dream he had, was, felt like a year. Like he, went through a year of his life, and then he woke up. So, uh, and so uh, on that night, Doctor Kuroda, um decided to like you know do run some sleep tests he, as one important thing yes uh before we move on there he mentions that this would all be cool oh yeah like the whole long dream thing if they were all good dreams but they're not all good dreams some of them are nightmares yeah. and it's like being trapped in hell yes i thought that was important to note because sometimes they're good dreams sometimes <laughs> he just gets an extra year of life yeah and then sometimes no. sometimes they're hell so, and they keep getting exponentially longer. Yeah. And so the Dr. Kuruda is measuring his brain waves while he's sleeping. And that's when he noticed that um, his brain activity is going off the charts when he reaches his deep sleep. And uh, he wakes him up. He opens... Oh, his arms were, were twitching. And he opened up, like, his eyelids. And his eyes were, like moving furiously about so he wakes him up and then he's like where am i and he's like yo you came to me yesterday about your sleep problems and i'm the doctor and i've been monitoring your sleep for several hours (laughs) and then he's like oh oh shit i remember now yeah this time it felt like over a year like two years and it's like shit. <laughs> and then Mukoda is theorizing that it's just gonna get exponentially worse, like Jumpy said. It's not gonna get you know, one one year becomes two, two years gonna become four until he's lived a thousand years and then he wakes up. And so uh <coughs> The human brain can only process so many memories, so this is actually not a good thing. 
Oh yeah. And he he starts beginning like when he wakes up, he starts talking like he's from a different century. You know, like this is that's how far he's dreaming into, and he's starting to look. Um, I wouldn't even say older. Like his brain is starting to swell, his hair is gone, and his like body's decaying. And then one day he woke up screaming for mommy, mammy. Um, and they're like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Oh, mammy is my wife. Like, we met in the hospital. We've been together for a thousand years." And Kuroda's like. No, you dreamt of her as your wife. Um, <laughs> like, like you only met her once. And because he's still, like, not processing that he's out of this dream and that he's in the quote-unquote real world, he runs and goes to my Mammy's room. And as soon as she sees him, she screams and declares and says that, uh, the Grim Reaper has come for him. That's the Grim Cre- Keeper incarnate, and and Kuroda has to tell him, like, yo, that life with Mammy was just another dream. And all Makoto can say, think of, is like, oh, is this what I look like now? She called me the Grim Reaper incarnate, and yeah, that sucks. <laughs> it's getting real emotional around here. It's getting real sad. Yeah. No levity in this episode is unrelentingly sad. <laughs> and Unlike Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> which I miss. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, so it gets super dark. He um he goes back to his bed, you know, the Grim Reaper himself. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I remember that mommy's just a dream now. I dreamed that life with her. And he's like, Doctor, I'm like super scared. I'm terrified. Because what if the next time I fall asleep, it's infinite dreams? Except it won't be dreams. What if it's infinite nightmares instead? And, you know, I'd like I'd like to be optimistic about it. Maybe he'd have infinite good dreams. But given the show we're watching, I'm pretty sure his last big dream is probably going to be a nightmare. Yep. It's probably going to be Mrs. Fuji's face on repeat. <laughs> Over and over and over. So he's dwelling on the fact that he might suffer eternally, basically. Um, we cut to another day after, you know, this emotional scene of him dreading the inevitable. We see mommy freaking out again about death and how she won't calm down. The doctor's looking at her with a serious face. And he's trying to think of a way that he can treat a patient who has such an intense fear of death because he can't cure somebody who's going to, you know, not fight back and just be scared all the time. He needs to find a way to bring her back to reality. He goes to check in on his other patient, um, the Grim Reaper kid. What's his name? Um, um, Tetsuya. Tetsuya. Uh, and Tetsuya sorry, is Tetsuro. not looking. Tetsuro. 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 Tetsuro, the Grim Reaper, is not looking human anymore. <laughs> he looks like a blob. He looks like a terrifying version of the alien from American Dead. <laughs> like a Roger. 
<laughs> yeah, he looks like a terrifying version of Roger from American Dead in the bed. Yes, that is the best way to describe that. Yep. His skin's all weird. His neck is just fused with his chin. He, he has a grotesque open mouth. Um, it just looks like he's he's a husk of a person already. Like it, it just looks like empty skin. Like he shed his skin and that's what le- that's what's left over. Disgusting. <laughs> so obviously there's nothing left to do for this guy. He's entered his last dream. The doctor sits next to him, you know, just to be with him as he slowly fades from this world. And he eventually does fade from this world in a very literal way. He crumbles yep. into dust. Oh, yeah. Just and... like uh, Mommy was scared of earlier. She, I don't know if we mentioned it, but she was scared of becoming dust. That's true. So, he, uh, Kuroto kind of says like his final goodbyes to him and hope he finds peace. And then he picks up, out of curiosity, he picked up uh, the 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 dust or ashes, whatever you want to call it, um, brain matter, and yeah, and the brain matter, and he starts studying it, and he finds something interesting. There's crystals, uh, that may be li- that he suspects is linked to his, um, his dream. I don't know. He was on crystal meth. Just fucking cocaine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some, something was up with those crystals, but he can't. It's a hunch, and he has no way to prove it. So he does what any scientist would do in that situation. He checks on Mammy, and Mammy is calm. She doesn't have this big fear of death anymore. Um, but she ends it by saying she's she's noticed that her dreams are getting longer and longer, and then Oof. one of the doctors goes up to Kuroda. He's like, "Yo, something weird's happening because Mammy's starting to look like Tetsuro, like." Like something, she's like maybe he had a disease, maybe he's passing around. You know, he did visit her. What's going on? And then Crew does like, oh no, no, no. I gave her some of the the brain matter crystals I found in Tetsuro's remains, and I gave it to Mammy. And they're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, look, she fears death. And nothingness like the app like she's just afraid of death to the point where um she can't find peace so i gave her some peace in her dreams and she will forever be in this as time goes on her dreams will get more and more and longer and longer and longer and she will forever be at peace uh and then he says eventually with his research all of humanity will want to enter the endless dream the end which was an interesting message because it's showing you that there's things worse than death and eternal suffering is worse (laughs) than just dying (laughs) Um, which is a message that I've been told a bunch and you know it is true it's just hard to wrap your head around it is worse to just suffer. 
Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of suffering, so Rip. Yes. I need you to open up the episode again, right? Okay. And I need you to go to minute marker, minute 22, second 22. All right? And then just watch it for a second. That's what I need. Okay. This is kind of crazy. It's in the credits. And then just play. Which one? Minute marker what? Minute 22, second 22. And then just hit play. 22-22? Yeah. Oops. Could be worth it. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> it's just Miss Fuji running across the credits. But like, I saw that for a second just now and I was like, oh my God. I didn't want to see her again. And she just popped out of nowhere. Oh my God, the Tetsuro's running across the screen now. For real? Yeah. Oh my God, he is. I didn't keep watching. Ah. We should probably watch all the credits. Oh, Miss Fuji's back. <laughs> She's chasing for real? Is it's, that his nightmare? Actually... That's his nightmare. Imagine that is that his nightmare. For a thousand we just saw years. the canon. I told you it'd be worth it. That's the <laughs> canon ending. He's just being chased by Miss Fuji. <laughs> it ties together. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Confirmed. Oh, my God. She really is chasing him. I keep watching it. It's crazy. <laughs> so, I guess the we have to debate not debate but we have to discuss the uh, the ethics behind dr kuroda right oh where, yeah where I the mean, fuck did that come from <laughs> i don't know he's definitely breaking the hippocratic the hippocratic oath he did not do everything he could to cure her and he made a lot of assumptions about her ability to fight off this thing like yes yeah, she's scared but that doesn't mean that she'll never not be scared or never have hope you just have to do other methods but he's like nah mm. meth yeah put it in her like you can't do that and then he's like um gonna distribute that all over the world like he's like super happy about it and what this is an escape from reality right he's forcing and he does a lot that could be said that this is a metaphor for drugs right mm -hmm. this is an escape from reality and the more you do drugs, the more you're going to enter this escape until eventually you just die. You just escape forever. Mm -hmm. okay, look at it Seamlessly. You don't have to feel it or experience it. You just fade away. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, his whole practice is, is unethical, right? Because he's just giving it to her because she'll feel whatever. You know, she's she's her fear of death is now waning. I don't even think there's like an argument for like for him because uh, it's not like she was out of control of her faculties. She didn't know where she was or anything. He could have asked her if this is what she wants. Yeah, he could have had a conversation and he didn't. So the fact that he made that choice, yeah, it's the problem. makes it like inescapably immoral and. That's the part that like gets me. Is he, that came out of left field, and it feels mm -hmm. like he just wants to research it, you know. But then he said that last line where he's like, "Everybody in mankind will experience this." Like, why? <laughs> like, at least 
research it in Mammy and figure out what's going on, where they came from. I guess that's the overall theme of these episodes. We don't know the origin of these things. We just know that it happens. Mm. Okay. So I'm thinking of something, but I can't I can't wrap <laughs> my head around what I want to say. It has to do with uh, this story. Yeah. I'm losing my train of thought. Because okay. I'm just freaked out by Miss Fuji. <laughs> That's what you try to think about Tetsuro and yeah. Miss Fuji just keeps going in your mind. <gasps> uh, um, nah. Which episode did you like the most? Ooh, out of these two? Hard, right? Yeah. yeah cause I mean, they're both the same episode, but which story did you like most? I don't know. I think I'm leaning more towards this one because it's making me think more. But dude, just right? like, Miss Fuji's so iconic to me right now she's a legend already in my mind i like i wanted you to say my answer which is like i like them both for completely different reasons like they're both perfect they are in their own way they are but <laughs> this one is just sticking to me so hard. oh yeah this is very scary and very oh. thought-provoking yeah because that one, like i'm gonna go to bed and i don't know which one's gonna scare me more the image of Miss Fuji standing over me or the fact that I can't wake up or like, yep. <laughs> you know, some shit like that. <laughs> Makes you think of a lot of things. <laughs> the eternal torture of a nightmare that never ends or like just the fact that death is happening to everyone all the time. It just <laughs> makes you think of scary things. Of course. Of course. Um, And then what you said, they're both good. That's your answer to which one's your favorite. Yeah, like I can't really pick between them because they almost Sorry. feel like completely different things. Yeah. Like uh, different, it's the same genre, but like different stories entirely. Like Miss Fuji comes at you in a like visual sense and the long dream comes at you in a mental sense. Yeah. So it's like trying to compare Green and Midsommar. Like you can't really do it. Like I know they're both the same genre, but they're, they're trying to accomplish two completely different things. Midsommar is trying to mess with your head. And Scream's trying to make you, you know, jump scare slash laugh at the meta humor and, you know, cheer for the bad guy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, kind of like Scream. <laughs> or Hereditary and Midsummer, which are like two completely, yeah. they were made to be opposites of each other. Creepy yeah. movies. Yeah. Cool. With that being said, any last words, Jumbi? Mrs. Fuji. <laughs> that indeed. So, thank you for listening to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. If you liked what you heard, Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, anything to show us that you love us because we love you too. And please check out any other content we may have provided. Granted that we have provided it. <laughs> um, but yes, please support us any way you can. We're just like a like, follow. We don't need to know, go crazy. But we love you and we appreciate you for doing that. And join us next time. Because we're going to keep going with Junji Ito Collection. Because we love it.
Well, we love that episode. Let's see what happens in episode three. I'm on board now. I wasn't sold on episode one. I'm sold now. If that's one thing you can take, if you hadn't skipped through this, because I know I did my little outro and now we're back to talking about it. This episode got us hooked and I'm glad you stuck around. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And with that, we bid you adieu. Bye.